Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Sandra. And I'm Gary. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 14 years. But this is the place where we talk about cocktails. We'll be talking about products, we'll be talking about books, and we'll be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you'll love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the drinks world and asking them for their top tips to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. So, let's hear what's on the show this week. We've got a very special episode for you this week. It's all about the recent and rather fabulous Patron Perfectionist Global Final. Recorded in the stunning Hacienda Patron in Jalisco, Mexico, we hear from Max McCauley from Locale in Glasgow and taste his top-notch challenge cocktail. We chat to Julia Cucarullo from Artesian Bar London and Harrison Kenny from Bar Planet Sydney about what winning the global finals has meant to them. We get an overview of the programme and its aims from Lauren Moat, Global Director of On-Trade Excellence for Patron and leader of the Perfectionist Programme. And last, but by no means least, we have this year's Patron Perfectionist Global winner, Maul Caval, from Salt and Spirit in Tel Aviv in the hot seat, telling us all about what it means to take the overall top spot after such an inspiring week. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves a Patron tequila-based cocktail. Okay, so you've been in sunny Mexico. I have. And I've been in... Grey London. Oh, stop it. It hasn't <laughs> been that grey. Well, grey is. Well, not most of the time. Anyway. Anywho. I'm not in the least bit envious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It was amazing. I, I absolutely I, yes, must say. Not just being in yeah. Mexico, but just being with these amazing, really creative, talented and joyous people. It was also about the wonderful people that work at the Hacienda as well. So yeah, it was a a wonderful, wonderful time. Right. Well, talking of wonderful, joyous, talented people, back (laughs) back to me. Um, So I am in celebration of your uh, lovely trip and your return home. I thought I'd do a nice Paloma. Wonderful. So, but not just any Paloma, because okay. sometimes, you know, that's a lovely, lovely drink anyway, but it's very simple, built in a glass. But this is a bit more of a fancy, dare I say, luxurious Paloma. Okay, and it's all with Patron? It certainly is. It's with Patron Reposado. Wonderful. So, right, I'm making one each. So you'll be glad to know you're joining me in this. <laughs> Thank you. No. I thought you were leaving me out because no, no. I've been away, but I'm no. glad that you're still sharing the cocktail love. Always, my love. Right, so I'm cracking open first some lovely, as we say, Patron Reposado. And into, because as I said earlier, I'm doing this in a shaker. So first of all, I'm doing 45 ml each of that. That goes in. And that's such a lovely expression, Alcon. Yeah, you know, and I can smell it while I'm pouring it. It smells fantastic, even as we start. So that's in my shaker. Next up, fresh grapefruit juice. Now, some I'm squeezing as I go. I actually squeezed this earlier because if I did squeeze some of this in advance, we'd have been here all day <laughs> and you'd never have got your drink. So I, I squeezed my grapefruit juice earlier and I want... 90 ml each so i'm doing my sums as i put this in and it's interesting that you you're saying that this is a different version because a lot of them they just have maybe a grapefruit soda which is still nice actually but this i'm looking forward to trying this one so am i Right, uh, where are, oh, and where, where did I put it? There it is. I've got so much stuff over here. <laughs> and, and I'm normally so organised and I couldn't find it. Anyway, what I was searching for was agave syrup, which is, I, I love, I've only just really got into agave syrup, you know, in the last few years, but I realise now how much more it brings to a, a drink. So I am doing 
50 ml each, so 30 in total going into my shaker of that lovely agave syrup. And next up, I've got my lime juice. So that I am going to squeeze this live. So hmm. yeah, I know it's all happening over here. Nice. So, oh, just, <laughs> I was talking about Mexican elbow the other week. I do love a Mexican elbow. That's oh, good. <laughs> so good. And that's rather fitting for this yeah. episode as well. Yes, isn't it? So I'm just squeeze. Do you know what I find amazing? Go on. Please, <laughs> well, dazzle me. I'm going to dazzle you. I'm just squeezing this. And it calls for 15 ml of lime juice. And I got exactly 30 out of one lime. Exactly. Really? Not, not slightly above, slightly back. I've got exactly 30. So I'm pouring that Gosh. in. So, so, so that's 15 ml. It's 30 in total. And a pinch of salt. Going mm. in, pinch of salt going into my shaker. So I've just check. I've got all my ingredients in. Now let's get the the ice in. Wow, this is going to be so fabulous. I want to get plenty of ice now. Also, I've got standing by. I've got a couple of tall glasses, highball glasses. Right, hang on, stand back, stand back, Sandra. I'm going to give you a shake now. Hold on, here we go. Wow. Wonderful. <laughs> you could have taken part in the global final. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Oh, that's really good and cold. So that's ready. And last, before I pour that out, I'm going to rim my glass. Do you like, do you want salt on your rim? Or um, not? Maybe half. Half. Okay. Yeah. Also, interestingly, on this recipe, it's rimmed with salt and a little bit of sugar. So oh, I've got yeah. that in my sauce and i'm i was taught years ago had the proper way to do rimming which is uh to do it around the outside of the glass because it's a it's a garnish not an ingredient so getting that on there whoops do your one as well right and get the ice into the glass the glasses are filled they're rimmed and all i need to do now is pour Half each and finish off with a little top of sparkling water. Oh, lovely. Uh, so it is very different, isn't it? Yeah. Give that. I love yeah. that. So we'll have the recipe for this on our show notes yeah. and on the website as well. Just give it a little gentle stir just to make sure that all that lovely ingredients aren't sitting at the bottom of the glass. There's your half-rimmed glass. Wonderful. Oh, hang on. Let me just drop in your garnish. Sorry. Just going to put in a... How dare I nearly forget that. There's your little wedge of grapefruit. grapefruit And same for me. Then you go. Good. Right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Welcome home. Let's get on with the show. We have the winner of one of the challenges, which was one of my favourite challenges, actually, which is mi mesa es tu mesa, which means what, Max McCauley, from the local in Glasgow? It means my table to your table. Brilliant. So tell us about the challenge and what it meant to you. How did you approach it? So I just approached it by taking the literal meaning of the challenge name. So I tried to bring my table, a piece of Scotland, to the hacienda by using tartan thermos, a quake, some coasters that had influences from uh, the woods. I had uh, pine essential oils made. And yeah, just tried to talk from the heart. You went really above and beyond, I think. It was, he, he says about these coasters, they were absolutely beautiful. Mixture of pine, but also, what was it, resin that was yes. in there? So that was to replicate the fog. Correct. You know, there were all these lovely elements. So all of us were immediately just transported to the forest that you were talking about. And you had the smells. We've got this lovely pulse point rollers that had all these wonderful piney elements to it. This is why you were the winner of that particular challenge. Let's talk about the drink, which we're going to have in our What We're Tasting section. I usually do this with Gary at this stage, but you can be Gary 
Cookie, Today. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so let's pour the drink and tell us about, tell us the ingredients and then we'll taste it together. Okay, perfect. So the drink is based around... A He's got his thermos flask out here. Tartan, <laughs> everybody. Representing. Indeed. So the drink is based around a dessert called the Cranachan, which is a traditional Scottish dessert. Which is, I know this, so it's raspberries, it's... um. Oats, Oats and honey and cream. Yes, yes. So the idea was to take these flavours and create um, a non-alcoholic milk punch. Um, so technique was spun the raspberries in the centrifuge to create a lovely, fresh, fragrant, nice acidic water. There was a few dashes of lactic acid, which helps with creaminess and acidity. Uh, instead of using honey to connect to the woods, I used a pine oleosaccharum, so pine cones and needles covered in sugar. It's very clever, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that absorbs the flavours. We then made a glycerite. So glycerin is used in the tequila industry to add texture without adding a lot of sweetness. So I used that to add some texture to my non-alcoholic punch. It was infused with lapsang, which brought a, a little bit of a peated smoke, which again is reminiscent with Scotland. And then to wash the cocktail, instead of just adding oats and cream, I made an almost burnt cream. So you take cream, put it into a scalding hot pan, reduce it down, and you get a lovely caramelised lactose. And you just keep scraping the fawns off, bring that back up with some fresh cream, and then added heavily toasted oats into that. So that brought a lovely biscuity taste uh, and finish. How long? I mean, there's a lot of elements in there. How long did it take you to come up with you know you have this flavor profile in your mind that you want to create how long did it take you to actually perfect um or be happy with the recipe yeah quite a while to Mm. be honest it was right Mm. up to the wire before i realized how i was going to balance it i was trying out different acids and stuff and different sugars and i just felt like it was overpowering so i actually went with less sugar and tried to make it brighter uh which ended up working but yeah, what you initially think, the dessert is quite a sweet dessert, yes. but you don't really want a really All sweet, cold sweetness. drink. Yeah, so it's trying to find that balance. And also another thing that we didn't um, say before we talk, this had to complement a particular expression of Patron. Exactly. So you chose... Añejo. Oh, Añejo. Añejo. Right, yeah. okay. Uh, the reason for that was because Cranachins usually serve with a dram of whiskey and the most representative tequila expression from Patron is Añejo with the same kind of oaky finish, buttery texture, vanilla sweetness. So yeah, it seemed like a perfect match. Okay, well, with that said, let's taste it. Perfect. Oh, it's still cold. Yes, you see, the thermos is doing it. Yeah, it's doing its job. It can keep hot or cold. I love this drink because it has got sweetness, but not too much. Yeah. It's just got those, all of those flavors. You can taste all of them. It's a lovely journey as you go through. So you've got the raspberries, you've got all of that creaminess, you've got that lovely oaty. Yeah flavors tell most, me what you what you're yeah, getting Come i on, think the most game. the most difficult part was trying to get that biscuity finish i mm. think because the first few times when i was washing it i realized that when you milk wash a cocktail you take a lot of the polyphenols and other things out those sort of tannins and that i guess oatiness that was there the kind of the finish so i just had to keep dialing up the oats until it was almost one-to-one oats mm. and cream like wow. it was thick it was thick it had to go through a muslin and get all the cream squashed back out of the oats that's what it took to get the finish. That's gorgeous. Now, will you, now that you've got this bang on, will you have it on your menu? I might, but it's quite a complex drink to make. It takes time. To do, yeah. um, But I think it would be good for a special, especially this drink. Cranachin is usually eaten at the end of summer when raspberries are at their ripest. So I think that would be a nice way to tie it in and yeah. maybe do it at the end of summer when you've got lovely ripe raspberries and you can just use the full flavour of the raspberry it's to take beautiful. the sweetness. Yeah. And are you proud of your drink? I am. I think what I said and what I did really came across. Uh, yeah, I feel immensely proud. It's, it's nice. It's such a delicious drink. I recommend, once you've got this on the menu, that everyone should bus over to Glasgow and try it out. It's absolutely fantastic. I'll get some little mini thermoses made yeah. and I'll ship them out to everyone. We'll do a little online store. Yeah, thank you so much. Max. Thank you, Sandra. lovely to talk to you. Cheers, thank you. We're here with Julia Cucurullo. Champion, winner, 
all round amazing, amazing person. And actually, we featured you on our podcast a few weeks ago at our visit to the Artesian. Yes. But anyway, that's a whole different subject. We're here talking about Patron Perfectionist. And Julia was a winner from Patron Perfectionist 2020. So first of all, congratulations. Always a pleasure spending time with you. Thank you. You were one of the judges this year. And this isn't your first time at the amazingness that is the Hacienda Patron. Tell us how many times have you been here? Uh, this is the third time. I think you could work here now, eh? Yeah. You could do little um, guided tours around. Let's see who was listening. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell us about the first time that you actually experienced here and what it means to you. Ooh, the first time, it was really emotional. You know, the first time that you come here, you see what they do. Uh, you only been studying about it. You only been reading, seeing videos. But once you are here, it's a completely another uh, experience. Plus, for me, the first time was the time when I compete. So there was all of the mixed emotion yes. about being nervous but excited at the same time. All of the the willing to know everybody on the um, my uh, fellow competitors, and uh, you know all of the eager to know more about how they made tequila here, uh, the people that work at the Hacienda and everything was uh, beautiful. There's so many elements to it. And, you know, it's just such an amazing place. And trying to bring it to life in words is quite difficult, actually. If you can sum it up in three words, what would they be? I'll say caring. I'll say attentive to details. Mm-hmm. And uh, really professional. Yes, absolutely. So we started our journey here in Guadalajara. We had a lovely time there. And then we traveled to the Hacienda. And what does this part of the world mean to you? Ooh, this part of the world? Yes. Ooh, um, I, have a, I always said that I have a little piece of heart here. Yes. Since the first time I came, I came back uh, many times now and um it's always kind of new you know when you go back to a place but you know it already you have the confidence to to know and to feel like a home but there is every time something new to discover yes, yes. Uh, and that's the beauty of this of this place of the of this country as well always something new to discover although you feel like home mm, exactly and it's a wonderful setting to have the whole challenges that happen here isn't oh, it oh yeah that, that was beautiful mm. it was a beautiful setup it was a beautiful organization and uh, i would have loved to do one of the especially one of the, the which challenge. one which one would you like uh, flavor to field right okay yeah so that one field for people yes for people that don't know this was where we had lovely chef anna who chosen some amazing indigenous ingredients that most of the contestants hadn't seen tasted experienced and then they had to go and create a cordial that had to then be lengthened with um patron silver with and, silver and, and uh, soda. soda and so we saw some amazing drinks really creative they only had 45 minutes to to do the this to to identify the flavor work out how they're going to use it and express it so that's the one that you would have and do you know what you would have chosen oh there were a couple of them that i would have chosen but i think that i uh, i don't know more than which ingredient i would have chosen i love the idea to i don't know to experiment and to kind of put yourself in a on the spot in a place that you're not sure what you're gonna make but you you will figure it out and that it's really interesting because when you have a challenge like that, you need to kind of uh, regroup all of your knowledge, all of your way to work and understand really fast which one is going to work better on that occasion and uh, how you need to make it to take everything out of the fruit of the of the vegetables that you're using. And I think that was a really beautiful. Also for the guys to understand better how they work and to understand better how to, um, that basically in life and in this work, there is time when you are put on the spot yes. and then you have to just react and just do what you can as the best that you can. How do you, what are your thoughts on the program this year and how it's evolved? Really different from the previous years, but I really loved it because, you know, uh, 
making your drinks like your signature and presenting it is really beautiful. But sometimes I think that you need a little bit more, especially now. Now the, I think that we need more of the uh, experimenting, more of the, um, I don't know, learning process. Uh, putting the guys in a place where they have to change continuously. Uh, it's something good for them as well to, to learn more, to get more interested in everything, in the product, in technique, in uh, uh, expression of uh, drinks, in style of drinks. So I think it's really good in terms of learning more and pushing yourself on doing that. Okay, so that's how it works for the bartenders. What about from the consumer side of things? How do you think that programs like this benefit consumers in the long run? Oh, I think they will benefit consumers because it will benefit bartenders. Mm. When you benefit the first uh, interaction the consumer have with a spirit, then you influence also the, the, the consumers. So if people get to know better the product, get to appreciate it more, get to be related with the, with the product, they will share, let's say, the love and the passion to the consumer. The consumer will understand better everything from the process and from the liquid inside the bottle, and then that it will, uh, will take the, the lead. Okay, so we've seen some amazing, very creative and inventive technical cocktails this week. What would you say a really simple way for a consumer who thinks they don't like tequila, how would you say a lovely way for them to embrace it or to experience it themselves? I think there will be maybe two ways. Or you go really light, like for the highballs mm. that we did for the first day for the um, filter flavor. flavor challenge. Or um, also the, especially the last challenge that they did, the uh, Mi Mesa to Mesa, where basically they were creating a serve. I was, for most of them, I was imagining like actually a table on a, um, let's say a dinner party yes, or yes. A, a night with your friends mm. where you take out a bottle of tequila and then you have a something next to it and a little bit of bite and you kind con- kind of um, uh, keep eating and drinking yes. and sipping and chatting and watching something. It's very something. convivial. Really, really convivial. Like that would be really, really a nice way to to introduce more people on, uh, on tequila because everybody wants to have, you know, the connection with the others, the conviviality. That's why everybody does picnics yes. because that's a moment of yes. happiness when you put stuff on the table on on the grass sorry on a towel and then you just pick where it comes and uh, yeah it's and, beautiful and speaking of that which is your favorite patron expression and why ooh i like the silver right i really love the silver uh, i believe there's um it's a fresh and you can always recognize it in a drink. It's easy to work around because mm. it has so many different notes. That you can either, I don't know, highlight the, the peppery and the spiciness, or you can highlight the green, the cooked agave. There is many ways to, to work around it. And uh, by itself, is also delicious. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank Julia. you. <laughs> I'm now joined by Harrison Kenny, General Manager of Bar Planet Sydney and winner of Patron Perfectionist 2022. How long ago does it feel like? An eternity. Yes, but also probably quite fast as well. Do you know what I mean? You know what, you know what it is? It's like that moment that you win, and I'm sure more will feel this, it all happens so quickly. Mm. You can barely remember the moment. You just kind of look back on photos and reminisce. You remember how you feel, but everything is like, it's a blackout. Mm. So in a sense, I guess I can't remember it because I, I don't know how long ago it was because I, I can't remember the moment yes, so vividly. Yes, yes. But you're right, it comes around very quickly because as soon as I'm in the Hacienda, my like, God, oh, this is all very familiar to Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> I remember how everything works. The buffet, the patron, the bordeos, the cigars, the fire, everything. So how has the year been for you? Fantastic. I got to travel around Europe and the Middle East. I judged a lot of the national competitions. Mm. So I met a lot of the people that yes. were here today. Yes. Yesterday. And, and who who the were journey. some of the finalists that you... I judged the UK. So I saw, I saw Max win. Mm. I went over to, to Spain, but I just did a masterclass over there. Right. So I just got them ready to prepare and such. 
I went over to Israel and I actually judged more. Oh, so it was absolutely unbelievable yeah. when I saw her win because yes. honestly, seeing her at Israel, I knew she had it. Mm, she's got something. Something, the yes. pizzazz. Yes. The yes. pizzazz. Yes. And Vita as well, she absolutely killed it. The Thank mentoring. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, it was fantastic. So what are your highlights from the year? I mean, obviously the travel mm. and actually seeing some of the competitors in action. Yeah. But other than that, what have you learned about yourself throughout the year? It sounds ridiculous because obviously there's a lot of media and interviews and talking, but it's almost coming out of the spotlight in a sense, mm. like going more into the training and mentorship mm. element of it. Like I had a lot of fun competing and granted I was watching them compete and there was a part of me that was like, oh, I wish I was there. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's been nice to transition into a, a mentorship role yes. where I'm going around and I'm teaching these people how to perform. I'm teaching them about tequila. And that element of it for me is probably the most invaluable thing of all. Mm. And what has it taught you about yourself? I guess I didn't realize how confident I was. Right. That's nice. Yeah. Mm. I was so anxious. And even when I'm doing stuff like this, when I'm doing any interview or any speech, Always nervous. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. And you come across so relaxed yeah. and, and lovely. So yeah. this is something for everybody, isn't exactly it? Exactly right. When I remember getting asked, like, how did you deal with the nerves for the for the competition? And I was like, oh, I don't think I did. Oh. You're always thinking about it. It's always mm. coming up. It's always on your mind. And then on the day, I guess maybe you something have this transcendent takes over. movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was it, right? The realisation that you're just doing what you do day in and day yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. So tell us about how different the challenges have been this year as opposed to when you did it last year because it has changed. Oh, massively. So what are the differences? Well, look, when I was doing it, it was during during COVID. Oh, so okay. I actually, yeah, so that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we won't go too deep into the COVID thing, but I was doing it digitally, right? I did mm. the national final digitally. I only made one drink. Right. That drink had to be able to be replicated around the world. So you had a pantry list. I picked fresh ingredients from there. I made the drink. I came over to the Hacienda and I made that same drink. Mm. This year you've got three different challenges. Yes. We're talking mystery box challenges. We're talking storytelling. We're talking tableside serves. Mm. It's immense, but it's so amazing to see the, the program evolve in, in that year. way. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, just yeah. one year. Yeah. Unbelievable. Even then, so many trainings in between the tours of the Hacienda, the agave field, jam-packed. Mm. Would you have liked to have done it this year? Oh, my God. I wish I was there. I wish I was there. I was looking at the challenges and all these ideas are coming into my head. Yes. I'm like, oh, grab that, grab that. Let's grab that ingredient. Let's make this cordial. Let's throw this white tablecloth over this table yeah, over here. absolutely. Yeah. But, so you were in the judges' hot seat. Yeah. How was that, being on the other side? Okay, undeniably, much less pressure. <laughs> much less pressure. But it's a different pressure because you still want everyone to do their best. So there's a different kind of pressure. Obviously not the performance pressure. Yeah. But how was it for you scoring and taking into account what people are doing this year? You were doing it last yeah. year. So you must take that into account. It is well. nice to be on, have been on both sides mm. because you really understand what they're going through. If something doesn't work right or if their ingredient doesn't come out fresh because they've blown it overseas and mm. it's no good now, I understand that because, mm. of, because I've been there. I think what's interesting is that when you're competing, you don't often realise that the judges, like you and myself, we want to see you succeed. Absolutely. Like you want to give the most amount of points as possible. Mm. It's not like I'm going to be really harsh and deduct you on every single mistake that you make. You want to see the succession mm. the entire time. We want you to win. I wanted every person to win. In fact, I was probably too emotionally invested in each individual yeah, person. I but hate that thing when it's only one winner. Exactly. Great winner, but you want everybody yeah, to win. Yeah, but then to go back and answer your question, it's like you, you are looking for obviously individual aspects of the criteria. Like mm. the drink does need to be really tasty and you do really need to own the room and you do need to be confident and you do need to speak about Patron. Mm. That's why we're here. So how can we really make the Patron the hero of the serve? while making a fantastic drink, while being confident, while telling the story, and while being personable as well. Mm. I think that's a really big Yeah, thing. absolutely. Because we're all so idiosyncratic. It's like we want to hear everyone's stories themselves. Mm. I know the story of Patron. I've heard it a million times. Yes, yes. And I'll hear it 16 times if there's 16 competitors. <laughs> but I want to hear how that what Patron means to you. To you, absolutely. Yeah. And we want to taste it as well. Oh, big time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so on to this year's winner. How did it feel handing over a trophy? Well, you've still got your own trophy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sort of in in a way, handing over the trophy. Is it emotional? Is it relief? Is it in a, pride? There was a split second where I thought I might just run. 
I might just take it with me. It's all mine. <laughs> you're yeah, you're it. not having it. It's mine. Give it back to me. I actually felt so nervous when I was up there. Yeah. I think it was a mixture of me actually not knowing who had won. Yes. yes you know? Yes. So the announcement for me was also a surprise. Yeah. So I'm nervous because I'm looking at them and they're shaking in their boots and then I'm shaking in my boots. I'm an empathetic sponge. <laughs> they're shaking. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I guess it was a relief in a way to – to get rid of that stress and anxiety mm. of it all mm. because I'm looking at these nerves and I'm, I'm feeling my own. But it was just – I'm so glad that the person that won was so perfect mm. for Patron. Mm. Like they were simply perfect. So being able to hand that trophy over, I suppose it Since was a relief passed. that it went to the right yeah. person yeah. and it was just so amazing to see the look on their face for yes. them to get it. And what would you say more should look forward to for the coming year? Look, I really hope that she gets to see some other parts of the world mm. and meet some more competitors. I really hope that she is able to teach them how to perform because she is good. The way that she hosts and absolutely just tells stories like there's no tomorrow is fantastic. Mm. So I really wanted to meet some of the other people, try and get as many people involved as possible. But also for a little bit, I just want her to enjoy, enjoy the limelight. Yeah, yeah like yeah. take it in. Did a fantastic job. Now's the time to celebrate to think back on how amazing that you did and get all the high fives, bum taps, kisses, yes, all yes, of it. Yes, yeah, exactly. really enjoy it. Soak it up because now when we're looking back on it and reflecting, I remember how amazing that moment was and I still love it today. But, you know, in a few years' time, you'll be on to the next thing. So, Listen, Harrison, well, you you're can. always going to be a champion. Don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's Thank such you. a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> So we've just had the most fantastic week in sunny Jalisco at the home of Patron. So I'm with Lauren Moat, who's going to explain, who's actually quite a regular on this podcast. We've reviewed her book, we've reviewed her, we've spoken to her. And now we're speaking to her again about this amazing competition, which we've all been part of. And it's just been such a fantastic experience. But I want to find out from Lauren a little bit more about the Hacienda and the home of Patron. So tell us what makes it so special. Well, I'm very, very happy to be back on your podcast. So thank you very much for having me again. And it was such a pleasure to have you with us. I loved in, it. Uh, in Jalisco uh, this past week. The Hacienda Patron is, is a special one because it is a brand home unlike any other. It was built in the early 2000s by uh, the original owners of the brand. And soon after in the what do you call them? The the 2010s, the yes. bodies, the 2010s. <laughs> Who knows what they're Who called? Who knows? <laughs> uh, towards the end of uh, of of the, the last decade was when La Casona was built. So uh, traditionally, you would you would visit a brand home, but be trucked in from some mm. close city. But what we wanted to do with Hacienda Patron is really make it an immersive experience for those visiting perhaps our facility for the first time, but also those discovering Mexico, yes. maybe for the first time or a different part of Mexico they hadn't discovered before. So having this incredible experience, seeing the people, the plant, the craft, the process that goes into making Patron Tequila was one thing, but being able to stay and be immersed in oh our world, God, it's almost so like the Willy Wonka chocolate factory of agave. But, but I don't think it's even limited to agave. I, there is... Not a brand home on this planet that rivals what we do at Hacienda Patron. And it's very, very special to share that with people. Exactly. And for all of our finalists that did come to take part in the challenges and the program that you set for them, whether or not they came top of the challenge, whatever happened, they had such an amazing experience. And it's always wonderful for me, and I'm sure it is for you, when you see, you said Willy Wonka, and there is that sort of surprise and delight in their eyes when they actually immerse themselves into the beauty of this place. It Honestly, we're going to put some pictures up on our show notes so you can see it and see exactly what we've all experienced. How was it for you the very first time that you stepped in so being that Patron is perceived and is quite a large brand, you expect to see very large equipment, mm. very large efficient equipment, and potentially with a larger brand, there are efficiencies at play that might 
come into the purview of one walking through the facility. At Patron, it is the exact opposite. The original process, the shape of the original small copper pot still, the proprietary way that we make our tequila or additive-free tequila today, over 30 years later, is still the same as the original recipe that Francisco Alcaraz, our late master distiller who passed away a few years back. It is still the same process and the same equipment. What we've done is we've just duplicated it. (laughs) We have a repetition situation that happens at Hacienda Patron. So as you walk through the, uh, the first gate of Hacienda Patron that goes into our facility, those are the offices, and immediately you walk through the door on the right and hundreds of clay ovens where Mm. we cook our agave for 79 hours. We rest for one day with the door wide open. The agave is not us. (laughs) Uh, And then, but the, but the total process from, you know, Tahona milling to roller mill crushing of the agave to fermentation with the fibers on the Tahona side to fermentation without on roller mill. And then the two different pot distillations and then the blend to make silver. That's one week. And then further from that, we have our barrel maturation for our reposado, for our añejo, for our extra añejo, and then any of our other additional uh, expressions in the grand line, or potentially some of our new things like El Alto and so on. So it's just a, you expect to see maybe larger tanks mm. or larger pieces of equipment, but we just have hundreds <laughs> of pieces of equipment that continue to keep our brand at a craft level. Mm. And that I think is the most special thing that we learn about Patron. And especially when you're seeing it for the first time, it's a thing that really sticks with you. The process really is craft and handmade, even though it is a brand that can be enjoyed in dozens, hundreds of countries around mm. the world. And and that I think is is maybe that light bulb moment that goes off for a bartender. It's not just about Patron has brought me here. It's I am seeing ancestral traditions of how one makes tequila from Weber Blue Agave, from the fields in our agave fields with uh, the partner families that we work with, up to the moment you crack open that bottle. 62 hands have touched those bottles to bring it to life, and the process is craft. So every time you pour it and every time you taste it, you are getting to taste and feel and experience the craftsmanship that can only really be enjoyed by a craft brand. It's amazing. And speaking of craft brands and speaking of craftsmanship, we've just witnessed a wonderful week of amazing creativity from very different bartenders, bringing different creativity from all around the world. What stood out for you this year? The standout is always that bartenders are a product of their learned experience and their lived experience. And no two are the same. And how an individual will take those two experiences and blend them with what they're learning about Patron and learning about the authenticity of of Mexico. It means there are no two stories that are the same, no two cocktails that are the same, no two experiences. So I was just so impressed that I learned something new from each of the competitors and that each of the judges, which yourself, you were probably so excited to be part of that again. Absolutely. That... Every judge was learning something new from each of the competitors. And we had three rounds and multiple drinks and multiple drinks to get to this moment Mm. being at the Hacienda. So I think bartenders are always in love with agave spirits. So the fact that Patron Perfectionist is bringing to life almost what feels like a portfolio program with one brand, Mm. (laughs) with multiple expressions, it gives bartenders that really incredible opportunity to mix with the category they love the most. And we're able to provide the tools and the setting, but everything else is up to them. And every single time we're blown away and no exceptions this week on that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. One thing I wanted to ask you just off the cuff, because we've got a wonderful, always you have wonderful winners or the person that has actually shone through. I don't know how to explain it, actually, because all of them were incredible and all of them, as I said, have their unique talents. But we have one person more who is going through for this year's champion of the program. (laughs) What would you say is in store for her this year? Well, 
What's very exciting for Moore as the global champion and then also for the other 14 uh, finalists that came to Global is that each of them will have a very customized program that they get to work on with Patron, except Moore will do it in far more countries, which I think is wonderful. When we're looking at sort of the complete bartender that comes through in these three different challenges, it shows a vast array of talents and skill sets and even just styles of hospitality that are so vastly different. So what more will get to be involved in is developing education, delivering that education, working with bartenders from different cultural backgrounds, from different lived experiences, and different skill sets in order to help them become the best that they can be. We can provide the setting and the opportunity and the resource for more to do that, but it will be entirely up to more to decide how she brings it to life. Because each bartender will be so unique. And I think more is the right person that can help us in more of like a global capacity. But it's not without, you know, saying that Max will, of course, be part of our program who won one of our challenges uh, from the UK, also Chani from China, and the other finalists as well. Just all of them are so talented. Mm. And so we, we won't rest on this. You know, we will keep each of them part of our program so that they can inspire and delight not only the bartender audiences in their respective countries, but also the consumers and the guests sitting at the bar. How we bring it to life is we we want to involve everyone in yes. our world of our pursuit of perfection. So I'm very excited to see what the next year is going to bring. So there will be no time off. We've got to get going and get rolling. Brilliant. That's perfect way to end it. Thank you so much. So we're here with our fantastic Patron Perfectionist 2023 winner. Wow. Gorgeous lady. So more congratulations. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful because we've known each other for seven years. Right. We met at another cocktail competition. Yeah. But this has been a lovely week of amazing experiences. Tell us about the week so far. Before we get to your win, tell us about the week. So this week was actually like the peak of a very, very long journey. But like, there's so many things, you know, there were so many things during this week that I, it's almost impossible to grasp or like to, under, to understand what we all been through because this program is so unique. We were, how many participants? Like 15, 16, 15 participants from different countries and everybody, like every single participant brought like his big guns, you know, and it was just so interesting to meet so many wonderful people and to do those challenges with them and to see what everybody, uh, what each what of the participants, what we bring. Exactly. So tell me, why did you enter this particular challenge so to be honest that's uh yeah that's that's a lot like um an old dream like i've been dreaming about this specific program for years the first year i participant was like 2016 or 17 back in israel like the local finals and i didn't get it but i knew that this is something that i have to experience and to be honest i had this uh program the patron perfectionist like in the back of my head during the last five or six years Mm. and during different things that I was doing, like, you know, working in different countries or doing different projects, the one perfection was always always there, there. always there. Wow. But what was it that appealed to you? Is it, is it about the tequila itself or what is the wider program? So first, of course, I love the product itself. Like Mm -hmm. I really appreciate and I love the liquid. But also what it represents, because it represents to me such a, um, you know, it's like an integral part of the Mexican culture. And Patron is not only about like making great tequila, but it's really about like making this strong hospitality community, which I just wanted really, I really wanted to be a part of it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So tell me, how did you prepare for this actual part of the journey? To be honest... So it was a, as I said, it was a long journey, a lot of, uh, a lot of mental work. Mm. Yeah. Like three years ago, I started to do a lot of uh, meditations and like, um, how do you call it? Like 
Yeah. Self-work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was a, a, a big part of this journey. Actually, you know what? I can see that because, as I say, we met seven years ago. Right. But you are a different person to then and very, very focused, very self-aware in a wonderful way. So yeah. it's lovely to see how it's all come together, yeah. how it's all culminated now for you. Thank you. I felt like I need to do a lot of work to understand and to be able to express myself fully. Mm. And this was a big, big part of getting ready for this week. You know, of course, there was a lot of tasting and techniques, and but I think it's a lot of uh, personal work on deciding or understanding who you are and what you want to bring out there. Mm, I love that. So what was your favorite challenge? You did some amazing challenges. Yeah. One stands out for me in particular, but I want to know <laughs> for you, what was your favorite and, and why? I don't know if it's possible to choose one because mm, those three, I have to choose one, right? So I would say mi mesa es tu mesa. Absolutely. Maybe it was my favorite because I was really able to bring something that like it was a little bit out of the box and to bring my tradition from Tel Aviv and like tradition that I've been kind of assembling during my journey and to share it with the judges and with the participant and with the Patron family. So like celebrating my tradition here in the house of Patron, it's very meaningful. Can you describe it for people? Because not everybody was there. So can you describe the look, the feel, all of the work that of went the challenge? Into it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Okay, so we we were asked to to give like a, a extremely a special uh, experience to four judges around the table, uh, like out of our comfort zone. But to be honest, this <laughs> is my that. comfort zone. I I love hosting. You know, I say like I'm a great bartender, but I'm a great yes. server. Like yes. I like yes. to serve the tables. So yeah, so I decided to take the judges on like a little journey to the way I host in my cocktail garden back home. So we spread this paper map on a table and we just did like this whole uh, Mediterranean uh, feast or festival and each one uh, participates. And we just created together, like the judges and me together, this whole like uh, assemble of uh, wonderful Mediterranean flavors on the table aside to, and of course, like all those flavors are supposed to celebrate the Patron Silver. Yes, exactly. And also, I must say that the table, it looked so beautiful. It was dressed with gorgeous herbs and color and light. And it really was like Israel. It yeah. really was the taste and the look and the expression. And I know that the judges enjoyed it as well, because as you say, you got them involved in it and everyone was walking around the table and doing certain things. So congratulations on that. Yeah, that was so exciting and yeah. fun. And which was a little bit more challenging for you to get your head around even? Well, I think that the second challenge, the story we share was challenging because, um, you know, the culture of Mexico is so diverse and it's so rich. And to choose only one mm. element that I want to bring out, that was very challenging because, uh, you know, there's so much art and culinary art and history and movie makers and yeah. painters. But eventually I found this one particular artist, Leonora Carrington, and just learning about her journey to Mexico and the way that she only in Mexico, she was finally able to express herself fully. I decided this is the one that I'm going to choose to celebrate Brilliant. on this challenge. Wonderful. And what would you say your greatest learnings have been from this whole experience? That is the most important thing is to take things. It can be stressful. It can be challenging, right? You meet many new people, mm. but you must be like, uh, take everything like in a good way and in a good mood and like um, be excited about things mm. and like uh, be curious more than like get nervous or like get things done. And I think I was very curious like during this whole week to see what I'm going to face. And I was just like, uh, I was really trying to, to get close to the other participants and to all the brand ambassadors and the Grand Familia of Patron, because this is actually the real experience. This is actually what we really get out of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay, quick one. What's yeah. your favorite Patron expression and why? Honestly? It's like choosing a favorite ah, child, but you have to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Only one, are you sure? Uh, all right, you can have uh, two. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> because I have two, two choices and from For different various reasons. Yeah. 
One, Patron Silver. Absolutely love this tequila. It's fresh and it's mineral and I embrace it to my Mediterranean style of mm. hosting long time ago because, you know, sometimes uh, people would think that tequila only goes with like a tropical or like a tiki style of drinking and, um, you know, Mexican uh, cuisine, but... But no, like the Patron Silver, I love using it like with fresh lemons and like with the Israeli herbs. And I love to use it in my culinary style. But <laughs> <laughs> the Patron Reposado yeah. for me is a great way to really um, celebrate uh, Mexican cuisine. Because when I think about the Mexican culinary, I think about on the one side, like deep spices, you know, like mole and chocolate, cocoa, cinnamon, coriander. And the other side of this culinary is like more bright, the fresh citrus and the fresh herbs and the Patron Reposado kind of like wrap it all together. You know, you have the fresh agave notes. It still bring a lot of like a citrus freshness and like the slightly gentle notes of the oak of the tropical fruit. Love this one. You are perfect. Perfect <laughs> ambassador. We have to get a special word in for your amazing ambassador, Vita. So tell us how you work together. So that was 100% teamwork. I could never do it without her. To be honest, Vita and I, we were working together on this competition, like for months. She became like a part of the family. Like we're good friends from home, but now she became a family. She would come over to my house and we would practice and practice and practice like a lot. And she was really tough, you know, <laughs> she didn't let go until everything was polished and perfect and real and authentic. And every time I said something and she was, that she felt like I was kind of not faking, but like losing it. She was like more bringing you back, bring yourself back, be true to yourself. Let's work on it again. She was amazing. And also here during this week, she put so much effort yeah, in. Yeah. All the BAs work so hard to uh, support. Uh, when she says BAs, she means so brand ambassadors. Brand, all the brand yes. ambassadors, yeah. They put so much effort, physical and mentally, yes. <laughs> effort. And Vita... I could never do it without her. She was there for every single moment. And she was so proud. And she was so proud of you at every step of the way. So congratulations to yeah. Vita. Vita, thank you. I love you so much. You are, you're my sister forever. So what are you looking forward to in this year, the year coming up for you as the Patron Perfectionist Global Finalist? Wow, this is like, I don't even know. This is so mm. exciting. Like, I can't wait to do some uh, good and important work with the Grand Familia of Patron, both in uh, my country and hopefully in different countries too. Like, I can't wait to meet bartenders and to work with them and to be inspired by them mm. and maybe to get them inspired too, you know? It's going to be a wonderful year. Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank you so again. much. You absolutely rocked it. Thank you for this amazing <laughs> interview. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell your friends and make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com.